Welcome to the True Answers Podcast. I'm Rob. And I'm Reese. In a world of deception, we want to help you discover true answers. Angels, right? Welcome back, everyone, to the True Answers Podcast. I'm Rob, and Reese is here with me tonight, and we want to talk about angels. So when God created everything, he made man, he made angels, he made animals, he made all kinds of things. And the spiritual realm is something that not everyone has tapped into, but it's real. And uh, it's in the word of God. So we're going to talk about that tonight. And Reese, you've been talking about that a little bit in our church recently. So you've got some studies behind you. And I'm looking forward to to diving into this. Yeah, this was uh, something we covered in Spirit Life this past Sunday. And like I mentioned there, I had never really studied angels that much. So this was uh, a pretty cool experience for me to try and understand this part of Scripture. Because I just never really gave much thought to, or gave much attention to it. Um, but the Bible actually says a lot about angels. Um, and <clears throat> some people contend that Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, when it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, um, that is like where uh, God created uh, angels as well. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Rob? What do you think? Well, it was certainly by the time Adam and Eve were on the scene, there was Lucifer. Mm-hmm. So first humans, they encountered an angel right away. This time, I don't know if they encountered, um, you know, angels of light yeah, pri- prior to Lucifer. Right. The Bible doesn't talk about that. And uh, the Bible says that Adam and Eve encountered Lucifer in the form of a serpent. So, um, it'd be interesting, uh, it's an interesting thought if they really encountered angels before that or not. They did definitely encounter an angel when God cast them out of the garden because he said a cherubim, the Bible says that he said a cherubim as a guard for the garden. So they definitely saw an angel there. Yeah. But I wonder how much of the spiritual realm they encountered while they were in the garden because they were eternal at that point. Adam and Eve were. Yeah. This is just an interesting thought. Of course, this is all conjecture because <laughs> the Bible doesn't really say. But yeah, at some point, there was a revelation that there was an angel with a flaming sword guarding the Garden of Eden so that there would be no access from fallen man to the tree of life. Right. So that we wouldn't live in a broken state for eternity. Exactly. Because uh, God does say. In um, Genesis, uh, what chapter would that be? Three? Genesis chapter three or chapter four. One of the two is where they, they're cast out of the garden. But God says, um, and it almost sounds like he is addressing the angelic host because he says, look, um, now man has become like one of us to know good and evil. So they ultimately, you know, left the Garden of Eden because of what you said about being in a broken state forever. Uh, that's That was my thought. Sorry, I got off track a little bit. But the um, the idea there was that God said they've become like one of us to know good and evil. 
Let's get them out of the garden un- so they don't eat of the tree of life and live eternally. Right. Yeah, so the, the serpent, uh, the devil, was trying to trick them to make them think that they didn't have what they already had, which was a close relationship with God designed in his image to have a, you know, an intimate relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, you can be like God if you take of this forbidden tree, which was, he was trying to make them discontent with the greatest thing that they already had, which was being already as like God as they could be. Right. So they became less like God when they obeyed Satan. Right. And this is uh, this is an inter- an important part when we're talking about angels that there are that there are good angels and there are bad angels. Um, <clears throat> I think when the Bible is referencing unclean spirits and all of that, I'm pretty positive it's representing the forces of darkness as we call them, which are essentially Satan and his horde of fallen angels or you know evil angels, because there are references. Um, so we talked about this in spirit life, uh, the named angels, you know, most people say there's three, there's Lucifer, Gabriel, and Michael, but there's actually a fourth in the book of Revelation that nobody talks about It's Revelation chapter nine. And the Bible says that he's the angel of the, uh, bottomless pit, the angel, and he's a wicked angel. He's the angel of darkness because he's the leader of this, when the fifth, trumpet sounds i think it is when the fifth trumpet sounds he's the leader of the locusts that have the face of a man and the you know the stingers of a scorpion that sting people but don't kill them like all this horrible stuff yeah he's but called his, the destroyer yeah his name is abaddon in hebrew or apollyon in greek which both of those in hebrew it means destruction personified um and then Apollyon means the, uh, the, uh, what is it? The one who destroys or something like that. Um, but yes, there are good and, and bad angels. Um, just an interesting concept. And I, that's gotta be the battle between good and evil that humanity is so enthralled with. Like all of our stories that we tell are about that. The battle between good and evil. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's it has basis in the spiritual world, which is, I think is why we create stories around that as humans, because we're kind of tapping into the spiritual thing without even realizing it. Yeah. So in your study, Reese, you came across four different uh, types of angels. What were <coughs> those? Uh, it was more than four. Um, there were a bunch of different types. Uh, the Sentinel was the first one, which were guardians. That's the cherubim from the Garden of Eden. He wasn't necessarily a warrior, but he was a guardian of the Garden of Eden. Then the warriors, right? That's Michael. Um, And then also the bad guy, Apollyon or Abaddon, however you want to reference him. He would be considered a warrior. Um, There's ministering angels, like the one that was sent to Elijah when he was sitting under the tree in 1 Kings. uh, I can't remember what chapter it was, but when he was fleeing from Jezebel, there was an angel that was there that told him, while when he fell asleep after he had his depressive moment, you know, arise, eat and drink. And he did that a couple times and he was sustained, right? Um so let me see. The guardians, the warriors, the ministers, um messengers. That's Gabriel. You know, he 
tell Zacharias and Mary that they were going to have kids. Um, who else? I had a couple more, I think. Can't remember off the top of my head. I don't know why I can't remember this. Oh, well. But there were a bunch of different classes of angels, and they all do different things. Oh, the worshiping angels were mm. other ones. Like in Isaiah chapter 6, is that when Isaiah sees the Lord high and lifted up? Isaiah 6? I think it's Isaiah 6 and 9. But there were seraphim that were beside the throne of God, and they just cried, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And they just repeated that over and over again. So they worshiped. Um, Yeah, and then there were some others. I can't remember. So there's different classes of angels all designed for different things. Right purposes but they're all essentially ministers of god they do Mm -hmm. the work of god that's that's the purpose of an angel right the is to there's it's twofold is to worship god and to be an extension of his hand to do his bidding essentially Mm -hmm. yeah all of them do his bidding except for lucifer and those who followed him right and i asked my question this question to myself reese which is why doesn't Satan just decide to help the Lord instead of fight him all the time? Mm-hmm. And I think it's because he's he knows there's no mercy for him. There's no chance yeah. to go back because he tried to make himself God. And God says, no, there's only one and you violated it. You are gone from my presence for eternity. So right. Satan has no choice but to have that eternity separated from God. So I have a question for you, and this is, I'm interested in your thoughts. Do angels also have free will? They must, because he could have chosen to submit to God, Mm -hmm. but he chose to follow pride. Yeah. And I think he had to make that choice. Mm. There was a time when he was in heaven, yeah. Doing, doing God's bidding yeah. by choice, and then he chose not to because of pride. Hmm. Hmm. And I, I've i heard that, um, I think Jason Sisko preaches this, that when God kicked Satan out of heaven, it was the first time they experienced judgment. Yeah. And then with humanity, it was the first time they experienced mercy. Yeah. You know, there's a verse in Jude, I think it's Jude, chapter 1, verse 9, that says, um, I'm just going to do a little bit of that verse, but it says that even the angels did not keep their initial inheritance, which I think it was referencing the Lucifer and his horde Mm. being kicked out of heaven, that they they lost their inheritance or their... um, Initial dwelling, I think, is actually what it's getting at, not like an inheritance, like what we'll receive when we get to heaven. But um, have you read the book, the commentary on Genesis? Because there is an interesting, there's a very interesting thought in there that I've never come across that I want to bounce off you for a second. Not yet, no. So this this book is, um, I have not read all of it. It is a dense read. It's pretty much like a textbook on Genesis. But it's R.D. Treese, right? He's... um, He's actually grown to be like one of my go-to guys because he's like super studied in the word. Mm-hmm. But he puts forth this um, 
I, I guess you'd have to call it a theory because I don't know if there's a whole lot of other spiritual backing or scriptural backing that uh, there was a cataclysmic event that happened between Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. Because So he like breaks down the Hebrew and says, uh, essentially puts forth that, you know, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the, you know, whatever, and the spirit of the Lord moved across, across the face of the deep, whatever, however it goes. Um, <clears throat> but he said that the... Uh, talked about in verse 2 based on like the Hebrew language is not the same earth that's talked about in verse 1 that is it's different it's almost like God created everything in verse 1 and then this cataclysmic event happened and he actually uses that verse Jude chapter 1 verse 9 to kind of back up this claim that the angels lost their first dwelling that that was the between those two verses was when Lucifer did his move to like, you know, try and be God and God caused judgment to happen. And it seems like the original heaven and earth that God created in verse one was completely destroyed. And a new one was created where Lucifer was cast in, where it was cast into him and his horde. What do you think about that? (laughs) I don't know. I can't really talk to that very much. (laughs) I know that was way out of left field, but But, I thought that was interesting. So I wanted to bring it up to you. I don't know if that's true or not. You know, it's something that somebody else wrote about. So I don't know. I'll have to ask the Lord that question when we get there. It's interesting. What happened before the fall of Because we don't know when that actually happened, when Satan fell, Mm -hmm. right? Like Ezekiel talks about it. He talks about the, the way Lucifer was created with all of these musical instruments and whatever, and then... Ezekiel kind of chronicles the fall of Satan a little bit and where God casts him out of heaven, but we don't really know when. Just like we don't really know when angels were created either. We just know they were there before us. Right. But the cool thing about angels, now that I'm rambling like I always do on these podcasts, is that there's all these different classifications of angels And being children of God, Hebrews chapter 1 says that the angels, uh, that God basically charged the angels to be ministering spirits to the saints. Hmm. That that is one of their jobs now. That we have God's spirit inside of us. So now God has charged all of those angels that we talked about, all those different classifications, to ultimately support and minister to the body of Christ while we're here on this earth. Yeah, I believe that when we are yielding to the Holy Spirit and what God wants to do through us, the angels will obey. That's why there's people that God uses to heal and uses to bring restoration and uses to uh, bring people out of darkness into light. Yeah. So these angels, God allows us to interact with them and allows them to interact with us um, kind of on a face-to-face basis at times. Because of our relationship with God. Exactly, because we're children of the king. So he allows his heavenly host to protect and 
minister to his children, right? Because they're like his servants too. You know, they worship him and they they do what he says. It's like a, you know, I guess a king that, you know, would, would make his servants or guards, you know, protect his kids. Like it's that kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and another cool thing about angels is they see themselves as our fellow, as like fellow laborers with us. Because mm. this, this happens in Revelation when the angel is guiding John through the visions in the book of Revelation. John sees the angel and fall, the Bible says he falls down as dead and begins worshiping this angel. And the angel touches him and says, do not do this. Worship God for I am your brother. Mm. That's what he says to John. Huh. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Because cool. David writes in Psalms that God, that God made man a little lower than the angels. Right. In the, in the fact that we're not immortal. That's really what, like, separates us. Because hmm. we're, not, we're not immortal yet. Our soul is, but our body isn't. And we don't have the same capacity as an angel does. But yet, when we become children of God, the angels are like our brothers and sisters they work alongside of us to accomplish the will of god yeah i think they're amazed by how the holy spirit comes on a person yeah they look into that is what the bible says they look into what happens you know they're curious because that's an experience they can't have right right they can't experience you know being forgiven of them of their sins and being filled with the holy ghost being baptized in jesus name and being redeemed they can't experience that which is why, you know, or not why, but a lot of times our worship to God and our praise to him is the fact that he saved us, that he forgave us. But if you look at how the angels worship God, they talk about his, his like attributes, but not in the frame of being a savior. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. That's what they say. Mm -hmm. That's how they worship God. But when we worship God, it's, you know, Lord, you saved me, you redeemed me, you forgave me of my sins, you baptized me and cleansed me. That's a praise that angels can't give God. Right. He's, Only humans can. Yeah, he's their creator, but he's not their savior. Right. Because at this point, the angels, the, the angels of light, you know, in God's kingdom, they don't need saving. <laughs> right. Because right. they're already part of God's host. They're, they're in heaven with him. And, and Satan, who wish he could... Can't right. be saved. No, it's beyond that. I wonder why that is for angels. What makes it so different? I don't know. I don't I don't think we'll ever know that, right? Maybe it's not our place to know that. I would hope that they knew enough up front. Yeah. That they knew if they made a wrong choice, it was over for eternity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're at the 19-minute mark. I've been rambling a lot. But you know what's really cool um, is seeing how, like, C.S. Lewis and um, J.R.R. Tolkien have been really heavily influenced by the idea of, like, spiritual warfare and angels and demons and whatever. Because when you read their books, like the Chronicles of Narnia and the Lord of the Rings, um, and then, like, J.R.R. Tolkien's ancillary work... Uh, a lot like it's it's really it heavily deals with the battle between light and dark and the idea of um having a savior that is supported by 
regular people, so like humans, as well as these like seeming like supernatural beings, which I would reference as angels. And actually, if you read uh, the Silmarillion from J.R.R. Tolkien, which is basically his history book of the of Middle Earth, right? Like I don't know why somebody would write that, but he did, right? And it was his creative work. But when you read about the way Middle Earth was created, it's very similar to the creation story and even the original, you know, Sauron, the bad guy, there was a, a his predecessor was this a- angelic like being who wanted, he, he was prideful mm-hmm. and he wanted these other angelic beings to worship him just oh, like wow. the great creator. Yeah. And the great creator cast him down to earth, mm-hmm. right? Like the, there's so much, so much symbolism and, parallels in those stories which is really really cool i thought of lord of the rings when we were talking too because you think of the hobbits they're made lower they're shorter than everyone (laughs) they are literally literally lower lower. than everything (laughs) everyone yeah and they're given a great responsibility to choose good or evil right they have to they have to fight through that internal right turmoil and go through you know their their full journey of life mm-hmm. to either get rid of evil forever for themselves or yeah. be consumed by it. And they're surrounded by their companions who are like, you know, the seasoned veterans of, you know, of good, right? Like the like Legolas and, you know, all, all these guys. It's almost like that Angelic for the hobbits. Yeah. As they're going on their journey, it's like they have this support system similar to how God allows his angels to support the church, like the saints. Yeah, and there's men that are sometimes trustworthy and sometimes not. Yeah, yeah. So angels is a really cool topic. It was something, I, again, I've never really studied much. Well, that's been about 22 minutes of rambling about <laughs> angels. So One more thing I want to say, too, is we've had a number of testimonies from people in our church yeah. who have experienced angelic visitations. So there's not just what's written in the Word, but there is, there are people who've witnessed <coughs> angels at work. Right. So they are here, and they are willing to do the Lord's bidding. Amen. I think that's a great place to stop tonight. Well, thank you all so much for hanging out with us on this discussion on angels and uh, keep seeking those true answers. We will talk again next week. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of True Answers. Rob and I have really enjoyed bringing this type of content to you. And we also wanted to let you know that you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any other place that you receive your podcasts from. Thank you so much. God bless you and keep seeking for true answers.